So most of our emotional problems, most of our motivational problems, many of our uh, problems where we will succumb to temptation or succumb to weakness, which creates regret and shame in our own lives, is influenced by the basic notion that we live contrary to what we say we believe. Welcome to 2022 here on the Salty Pastor Podcast, a new year for new things. And we want to know, are you looking forward to what God may have in store? Or are you weighing weighed down by the difficulties of the last year or two years or however long things yeah, have long. been crazy? Well, the Salty Pastor is the place for you to discover who you are and what the Bible is teaching that makes a difference in your life today. The end goal is to help you learn critical thinking skills. The mark of any mature person um, is this skill set of having critical thinking um, ability and everything you need to navigate this with courage, strength, integrity, and good character all happening when you know what you believe and why you believe it. So we want to kick off this new year and start off with introducing our very own salty pastor himself for the mm -hmm. first time in 2022 dr douglas peak back on the desk welcome yes. welcome welcome well it's good to be here everybody and uh the one thing i like about a new year is that it can remind us that we always have a new opportunity for when we're in christ all things are new and the reason for that is some very important doctrinal foundational beliefs to Orthodox Christianity. First of all, Jesus has made the promise, you know, is that he will make us new. Jesus laid the foundation when he said, I will give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus has revealed the principles. He says, narrow is the way, few who find it, but those who do, they have life. And so here are the principles of discovering life. And then he articulated a mission or a vision for how we can pursue this and live this out because Jesus has done all of this work, this act of grace, it is now in our court. Okay. It's our turn to start making some choices to take the steps necessary, uh, to influence where 2022 ends up taking us as people. So our new series is, is titled back on track. It's part of the overall theme of the good life. And it basically asks the question, uh, what is your spiritual growth plan for 2022? What are you doing to get back on track, moving forward, a positive and clear vision of what God wants to do in your life mm. this next year. And so it's all about this strategic spiritual growth plan. And it revolves around a couple basic elements. Number one is this is, is your growth plan needs to incorporate your knowledge growth because what you know influences what you believe. And as I've said before, what you believe is one of the most important things about you. Therefore, you need to set a goal in the new year to grow in knowledge. You're going to grow in knowledge next year. Every single person is going to learn new things. Every single person is going to know something that they didn't know. Mm. How many people would, you know, have any idea what gain of function research was 18 months ago? Right. No, nobody. How, how many people would know that, you know, what type of coronavirus was, you know, and nobody had any. So we've learned all this stuff. We've learned uh, how effective masks are. We've learned how effective uh, 
various uh, medications are as therapeutics. We've learned so many things that we never knew before. My point in making it is you're going to learn new things. Are you going to decide what you're going to learn or is the world going to decide what you learn? Sometimes something big happens like a pandemic or something, and we can't help because we need to know more about it. Right. right? But what we need to do if we want to look forward is we need to determine where our knowledge base is going to grow. And then that's going to affect what we believe. The other thing too, is your strategic plan, a spiritual growth plan. It needs to incorporate, uh, what you actually do because doing influences what you believe. Therefore do things that align you with where you want to go and what Jesus wants to do in your life, as opposed to aligning yourself with the world. And this is not a restrictive approach. It's an investment approach. It's like, I have a limited amount of time. I have a limited amount of energy. Uh, I can only do so many things today. Do I want to choose what I do, uh, exercise my free choice and do positive things that reflect the new knowledge that I'm gaining in regards to my spiritual life. And then the final thing too is relationships. You know, uh, the good life is all about relationships, our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with others. So who you connect with, what you do and what you learn plays the greatest influence on your life moving forward. So choose a really good community, choose what you're going to learn and focus on learning and choose what you're going to do. So I think the biggest thing you're saying in there is choose, which is an active statement. Mm -hmm. We've been living in a very passive world of waiting for everyone, everything to kind of happen. We've kind of been waiting for COVID to end. We've been waiting to hear what we should do next about COVID or about the workforce or about the supply chain or about whatever. Yes. And it's just been basically a year of kind of holding and waiting and just trying to survive. And what you're saying is it's time to move forward. It's time to get back on track and it's time to choose how you're going to move forward, not let someone else dictate it for you. Uh, Let's stop letting other people that we don't know. And actually they don't know dictate to us, uh, our own choices in where we move forward, particularly in our spiritual life. That's Mm. very important. That's a very upstream concept, particularly in our spiritual life, because that affects everything downstream. So where in the Bible are we going to be focusing our attentions as we learn how to do these things that you've talked about? Well, it's, it's one of the many scholars believe one of the earliest books uh, written in the new Testament. And that is the book of James. Okay. So we uh, are going to study the book of James. Uh, the theme of the book of James is very similar to the Old Testament book of Proverbs. Some scholars actually call it the New Testament book of Proverbs. And the basic theme in this book is that you have to live what you believe. Mm. So he's like, you know, increase your knowledge base, your knowledge of God and your knowledge of good things of, of living righteously. And he says, and then live out what you believe. You have to live it out. So most of our emotional problems, most of our motivational problems, many of our uh, problems where we will succumb to temptation or succumb to weakness, which creates regret and shame in our own lives, is influenced by the basic notion that we live contrary to what we say we believe. Mm. So if we say we believe something and then we live 
contrary to it, we are creating what psychologists call cognitive dissonance. So, and, and what that is, is it's a, it's a logical fallacy. It's an incongruence, meaning, well, I say I believe this, but in reality, I, I really don't. I, I subconsciously believe something different. And what that does is that creates a dissonance in your life. And out of that dissonance is where anxiety comes from, where depression comes from, where relational uh, failures come from, your inability to build relationships and move forward. That, that all come out of this place called cognitive dissonance. It's very similar to when you're listening to music, when things are in harmony, you know, notes specifically yes. are in harmony. It's very pleasing. Everything just sounds good. It, it puts you in a very good state of mind. You, you can feel Correct. emotions, right? But when you hear somebody singing out of tune and it's not harmony, it's dissonance. Yes. It's, Okay, that's a little annoying. But if you continue to listen to something bad that, you know, notes are being hit wrong, you hear the pianos starting to hit the wrong notes, the, yeah. the keys are doing, you know, the, the cello, all these different things, then over long periods of time, that actually starts affecting your mental state. Like yeah. there's research on this of and like physically, too, yeah, your physically. blood pressure will go yeah. up. Yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. And that's the same idea of when you have ideologies constantly conflicting in your brain of this is what I've told to believe, this is what I'm actually doing, and this is what the world's telling me to do. It's like those things start fighting and over time they start raising blood pressure. They start causing Correct. all these issues with you. So you're saying and spiritually that's, that's where all of this bad stuff comes from. And here's, what's really interesting is that most people say, well, that's hypocrisy. And I'm like, no, that it, this isn't hypocrisy. Okay. Hypocrisy is when you know and believe one thing and then intentionally choose to pretend to be something else. Mm. What, what we're talking about here is where you think you believe one thing, but your, your behavior reveals to your inner self that you actually believe something else that you may not even be aware of. Mm. Okay. And so what, what the theme of James is all about is, this is how you live what you say you believe. And James uh, was the half brother of Jesus. And he was one of the lead uh, pastors or elders in the church at Jerusalem, which was the uh -huh. first church that was started on the day of Pentecost. Now, what's really interesting is if you go back in the gospels, you'll find out that James, the half brother of Jesus. So he was a younger brother and he was the offspring of Joseph and Mary. So they call him a half brother. And what's interesting is he did not believe that Jesus was who he said he was when he was alive. Mm. So he, he, he even went to Jesus with his other brothers and said, come home. You're acting like a ding dong. Right. Kind of a thing. And he says, you're not my family. This is my family. So one of the greatest testimonies to the fact that Jesus was who he said he was is that his half brother, James saw him resurrected and became a believer and then a leader in the church in Jerusalem. Right. So yeah. Cause you know, your, your siblings always know the real you. Yeah. Your siblings have the highest benchmark of who you say you are, are. versus who you are. And yeah, so exactly. So that's a pretty great testimony to see mm. that. And so James writes this book, he was Jewish. Right. So it has, it has a little bit of that flavor to it. And that's why they kind of call it maybe the new Testament Proverbs. It's filled 
with practicality, you know, this, that, and the other. But the greatest contribution of the book of James is his teaching on faith and deeds. And what that is, is you have to always take James and his teaching on faith and deeds and compare it to Paul's teaching in Romans about salvation through faith and not works. Mm. So those two things have to be brought together and that's, that's its greatest contribution other than it's very pragmatic teaching on how to live the good life. The practicality is very good in this. Yes. So, I mean, let's talk about some of that practicality or some of the main themes that the book of James covers that are going to help us really develop our own spiritual mm-hmm. growth plan and get back on track. Well, he starts off right just there in chapter one where he introduces himself and then he basically says in verse two of chapter one, he goes, consider it joy when you encounter trials of many kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So he starts off with, hi, my name is James. Also, you should be happy when you go through. Yeah. Well, another way to say it is, hi, I'm James, the lead pastor in the church. Life sucks. And here's what you can do about it. He he gets down to the nitty gritty real quick. Right off the bat. I like James. It's it's really important because what he's doing is he is communicating an accurate worldview versus a false worldview. So he says, look, the reality of life is really, really difficult. You are going to face trials of many kinds. And at this particular a time in the life of the church, they were persecuted. First, they were persecuted by the Jewish leadership who didn't want anything to do with them. And then once Rome wiped out the Jewish leadership, they picked up the mantle of persecuting first century Christians. And so what, what he's saying is that life is much harder than anyone ever imagines, Mm. but your attitude towards what you're going through is critical. It makes all the difference. Um, Case in point, the highest leveling of anxiety that we have right now in America is the younger generations. It's really interesting Uh, towards the pandemic, towards their future, towards the economy, towards everything. The highest level of anxiety is among millennials and younger millennials and then the next generation, Gen Z. Gen Z. And the primary reason for this, psychologists have kind of pointed out, is that the role of a parent in parenting, uh, the role of civic leadership, like our teachers and other leaders, is to prepare children for the world in which they will actually live. Mm. So it's, but, but this isn't being done they're being given a false worldview and okay. because they're begin, they're given a false worldview, they, they go into university or they come out university with a very skewed idea of what the real world is. And because of that, their anxiety goes up because they don't have any competency on how to navigate that. Mm. See, they don't have any competency on how to solve these relational problems, these career problems, work and productivity problems, uh, meaning and purpose problems, because what has happened is our society and its civic leadership, uh, our public school system, our universities have created a false worldview. 
And because they've created a false worldview, people don't, people come out thinking, well, life is supposed to be this way. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, it's not, it's not this way. You know, um, uh, before the pandemic hit, uh, I have a bunch of friends who own companies and we will get together for dinners or we'll go to a sporting event now and stuff. And they, of course, because they're all CEOs and owners and stuff like that is they always start telling stories about millennials and, <laughs> and they'll say it's just, I'm not sharing this to be critical. What I'm doing is I'm sharing this to point out what our civic leadership has produced in young people. Mm. Right. And that is, is that they hire guys and they hire gals. And it's like the first thing they want to do is they'll work one week and then they want to take three weeks of vacation. <laughs> you know, they, they're like, well, you mean you expect me to show up on time? Yes. You know, when you're work, doing shift work, you have to show up and on be time. on time. Uh, the other biggest problem they have is when they hire college students and they're like, okay, we have a deadline for this project. Most of the, these kids won't hit the deadline. And then, cause they're so used to being in a university system where deadlines with your professors are irrelevant, right? You, oh, I'm, it's due. I need an extension. I need an extension. extension. I need extension. I need this. I need that. I need this. And they get there and the client is like, yeah, sorry. You know, we take our business elsewhere and then they get fired. And so mm. it, it's just interesting. They say that the mentality, uh, and they're not saying that millennials are the problem. What they're saying is, the system used to train these children into adulthood is completely and utterly failed in preparing them for the real world in which mm. they live. And so right off the bat, what does James do? He says, this is the real world. Mm. It's hard and it's tough. So you might as well just accept that fact. And then you can have a different attitude about it. And so it's all about having a growth plan that teaches us how to navigate the difficulty of living. So he starts off by defining reality. He says, this is the way it really is. Yes. Then what does he do after that? Well, he, he kind of basically sets out a bunch of goals for living in order for us to live what we believe. So this is where he actually gets into the nitty gritty of a spiritual growth plan. He basically says, do these things mm. and stop doing those things. <laughs> do these things and stop doing those things. And guess what? You're going to, something's going to happen in your life. You know what's mm. going to happen in your life is you're going to go strong. You are going to grow strong. Spiritual strength is the basis for courage. Spiritual strength and maturity is the foundation of integrity. It is the thing on which all perseverance and endurance is built. It's really interesting. There was a study done in World War II, and that is they had a whole bunch of people in the Navy on these different ships out in the Pacific, and a ship would go down, and what they would do is they'd radio their last known position as a ship was going down, and all the sailors would be out in the open ocean, right? Mm. And what they found, and they went to study this because they're really interested in it, is that sometimes it'd take three days or four days for a ship, you know, to, to kind of get all the way out there and rescue these guys, mm -hmm. okay? And so what would happen is what they found is they filled the Navy with young men. I mean, some of them were 16 years old, 17 years old. They'd lie about their age and they'd serve, right? 
And so they're very, very young and they were out there. And then you had these salty old sea dogs, you know, these older guys. And so they filled it with young men because they knew we're at war, ships go down. We need these young strapping, you know, guys with a lot of perseverance or endurance and strength to survive in the water until we can get to, uh, to get there to save them. And what they found is when they would show up is that it was mostly the salty old dogs that survived. Mm. They, almost none of them lost. So they were studied this and they got in there and they realized is that the difference wasn't physical strength. It was mental strength. And what happened is the salty old guys who'd served in the Navy had been through ups and downs and crappy situations. And, uh, you know, they, they were salty. They're like, it doesn't matter what the Navy says. It's always a uh, the worst assignment ever, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's just crappy and you're going to hate it, but you do it anyway, you know, cause you're serving your country cause they stayed in it. And those guys were like, yeah, well, we're in the drink and we don't know if we'll be saved, but you know, eventually somebody's going to come by and, and check on us. So those guys would all survive, but it was the young guys, the 17 and 18 year old kids that would give up mm. because they didn't have that resiliency that came out of surviving the ups and downs, the trials, the tribulations, and the messed up things happening in the past of their life. So the bottom line is without a spiritual growth plan, you can easily get stuck and not grow spiritually strong. And you'll get stuck in the status quo, you'll get stuck in the quagmire of life, and you'll never grow strong. So the study of the book of James, I think is powerful because it's a tremendous gift. It's a tremendous gift to you and to me because he's showing us how to write our own personal spiritual growth plan. There's something for every person in this book, regardless of where you're at in your spiritual journey. So, I mean, this really appeals to me because life can really spin out of control so quickly. Yes, I mean, it can. <laughs> I get busy. I get overcommitted. I find it really easy to start neglecting the things that matter the most in life. I mean, mm -hmm. especially during the pandemic, I know that definitely happened yeah. in my yeah. life. Me too. Um, and so I'm ready, I think, like everyone else to just get back on track and see what God wants to do in my life mm -hmm. in 2022. So Yeah, I think that's really great because my hope and prayer is that throughout this entire series, we we set a foundation for the whole year, right? Mm. We set a ethos, a vibe, a challenge for the entire year based on biblical truth from the book of James. And that we, that this, this foundation, this vibe, this challenge is how you and I can actually influence the outcome of we're going in this life. We are not, you know, uh, marshmallows bobbing in the ocean with no control, praying that no sharks come by and eat us. Uh, we can actually control and influence the outcome. Are we in control of life? No, only God is right. right. Uh, are we in control of a pandemic? No, only God. I mean, there's no way we can influence that, but that doesn't mean that we can't have a spiritual growth plan to face the trials, the tribulations, the obstacles, and navigate that so that we build endurance, we build strength, our character grows, our, our motivation grows. We're not stuck in the status quo. I can follow the teaching in this book. I can take the principles, apply them to my life, and start living life as Christ meant me to live life, the good life. 
So we're going to discover all of these things in our study together. We're going to talk about uh, what things you should be doing and what things you should not be doing because James mm-hmm. is pretty specific about it. And you need to incorporate that into your spiritual growth plan. You need to focus on how to build your upstream self. You see, if we take time to uh, meditate and to think on who we really are as people, uh, it's the old notion that the first thing I need to do is I need to understand myself, who I am really. These are called identity questions in the Mm. New Testament. Who are you in Christ? Because one of the biggest things that you'll find in developing a spiritual growth uh, plan is that you can think about it, but it's just an intellectual exercise. You know, it's like, well, I, I need to lose some weight, so I'm going to eat better. So I'm going to sit down, eat out, write out a, a food plan for the week, and then you don't follow it, right? Right. And so that, that doesn't do you any good. It's a waste of your time. And so what what we're trying to figure out is how do I actually live out these things so that I'm not just thinking about them, but I'm actually doing them. And so we're going to dig into that. And and one of the ways you do that is you take time to focus on your upstream self, right? Mm. And because the more you know who you are and who you're meant to be, then you can follow through. Because one of the things you have to deal with on any spiritual growth plan is you have to deal with the things you tell yourself, right? And the things we tell ourselves is like you write a diet plan out or a nutrition plan of what you're going to eat. And then you tell yourself, well, I don't like that. And I can't do it anyway. And it doesn't Mm. matter if I lose weight, nobody's going to like me anyway. And I've never, I've never achieved any of my other goals in the past. So what's going to make this one any different. And so what we do is we self-sabotage ourselves. You know, it's like, well, why pray? It's not going to make any difference. You know, why read the Bible? You know, I can't understand it anyway. Why do this? Why do that? Why do this? Why? So we tell ourselves all these things that, sabotage our motivation and our follow through. And then we kind of feel halfway. Okay. Well, at least I thought about it, you know, right. But in reality, that doesn't do any good. Mm. James really drives that point home a lot. So what we want to do is build your upstream self. And that is, is that when you get to that point is that, you know, I wasn't meant to live unhealthy. I wasn't meant to be 40 pounds overweight. I wasn't meant to, uh, feel bad all the time. I I wasn't meant for that. And so why am I living in a way I'm not meant for? Right. See? And so really kind of getting yourself, but until you believe that up here, it's hard to follow through on it downstream. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. So we're going to, we're going to focus on, we're going to talk about how to build your family. You know, because our relationships are where we take out when we discover who we really are in Christ is how we start living out who we really are, that identity with the people around us. And then they're blessed and everything else really starts to go. How to build a church, how to, how really, what is a church and how to build it and why is it so critically important in my spiritual growth plan? I can boldly say that the only people that have ever built, uh, grown spiritually without being active in a church were people in prisoners of war. Mm. There's no person who was free, who went off on their own and grew themselves spiritually without any connection to a church. And what's really fascinating is if you read 
like John McCain in his experience of being a POW and uh, another of other POWs during uh, the Vietnam War, they all talk about the same thing is that they came up with all of these ways to communicate in order to build community with one another. They came up with their own Morse code. They came up with their own sign language so that even though the the prison guards wouldn't let them speak. They were constantly communicating with each other. So even there you see the importance of building community, sharing the gospel. You know, what is it that God's doing in you and how do you share that with other people? Critically important. These are all things that James talks about to help strengthen you and so that you can face all of the stuff in life and navigate it with success. So we're going to study all of that and how you can develop your own spiritual growth plan and see all of the incredible, new, wonderful things that Jesus is going to do in your life in 2022. Well, we are so excited to hear all about that and study the book of James. Pastor, thank you so much. We're excited to have you back in the new year. Good to be back. Good and to be back. And we are so glad that you guys are joining us yet again for another year here on the Salty Pastor. So thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you on Thursday here on the Salty Pastor Podcast. Happy New Year.